0: Welcome back. This is, of course, Real Estate Coaching Radio. Um, Some numbers came in last night and I wanted to thank all of you for having this uh, continue to be the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents. We have well over 20 million downloads Since we started the podcast which is extraordinary so thank you for your continued support it means the world to us we have a very special topic for all of you today that i know you're going to love and this is going to be a a, probably a two-part show it's how to take three listings now how about that
1: that's right and every single one of you needs at least three listings now So if you need more than three listings or you're used to doing that, lather, rinse, repeat, and adjust as necessary.
0: But before we get to uh, point number one, I want to remind all of you guys that Julie and I are indeed with EXP Realty. And we get questions about that from time to time. Well, really the question comes in the form of, I'm thinking about changing brokers, or I need, I've just got my license, I want to join a brokerage, or I've been at my same brokerage for a long period of time, and now I'm, uh, you know, nothing's really changed for me financially, and I'm ready to upgrade my brokerage experience. What are my options? Well, let's have a conversation about that. We've made it very easy for you. Uh, First of all, if you're, everyone is, I know, eXp curious is what we are fond of calling uh, agents nowadays. And so if you're EXP curious and you're just getting started on your journey to learn more about EXP, we have created a great website with some videos for you to learn more about EXP Realty. Just text the letters EXP to 47372. Just text the letters EXP to 47372 and we'll text you back a link to the website and you can check out everything you need to know about eXp. Now, a lot of you will have already made your decision to move uh, to eXp and you're looking for someone to be your personal sponsor. And for those of you who uh, are looking for a personal sponsor, Julie and I are personally applying for the job, formally applying for the job of being your sponsor at eXp Realty. Um, So if you're interested in having Julie and I personally sponsor you at eXp Realty, please text me directly, which is 512-758-0206. So if you're ready to join the XP Realty and you're ready to choose a sponsor that's going to be very proactive in your success in real estate and life in general, please do feel free to text me directly, 512-758-0206. All right, so we'll get to our uh, point number one in a second, but Julie received an email the other day that she feels compelled to read to all of you.
1: (laughs) Yes, This is from fellow Julie, different last name, Julie Schlechti. So if you guys have any referrals to Tampa, Florida, she is your gal. This is a longtime podcast listener and coaching
0: client. And we are reading this with permission.
1: And we are reading this with permission. I did ask her permission on this. And longtime listeners, you will hear many shades of previous podcasts as I go through this. It should take maybe five minutes or less here. But I think that this should resonate with so many people. I'm using this as an example of somebody who's been very coachable as of late and Julie Schlechti in Tampa says, hi, Julie. A few months ago, you sent me a text that truly opened my eyes. It was regarding my fear, she says in parentheses, a story of gaining weight and becoming successful in real estate. You said I can still work out. She, she's pretty much obsessed with a certain kind of workout called bar, which I also have done.
0: Which is super hard.
1: Super hard and definitely does the trick. She said I could, You said I can still work out at bar, stay in shape, but in order to do what I need to do in real estate, my life couldn't be exercise focused right now think about the balance myth, right? A light bulb went off in my head. So for the past few months, I've been focused on shifting my focus or obsession really from bar to real estate. Not easy, but I'm doing it. My husband is doing what's called Mission Six Zero. It's a 60-day deliberate discomfort challenge.
0: <laughs> That's something we should have thought of. <laughs> I know. Well, listen
1: to this. You'll like this. The creator is an ex-Navy SEAL.
0: Well, there you go.
1: Uh, I don't think you're ever ex. I think you're just retired Navy SEAL, right? Uh, Amazing guy, and Mark's retired military, so he's all into that kind of thing. I also love a challenge, so I had an idea. I decided to create a real estate, mainly lead generating, plus mindset challenge for myself. Not woo-woo mindset, but get 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 and keep your head screwed on, straight and focused kind of mindset. I started the same day as his challenge, and we've been going at it together, yet separate, if that makes sense. Now, that made me think of goal setting. That made me think of our mindset series from last week, right? I'm sorry, our marriage series. She says, I'm only on day 15, but wow, I just wanted to share with you what, that I've been doing things that I've been avoiding for years. All right. So for the past 15 days, she goes on to talk about her schedule, ideal daily schedule, like we talk about in the Real Estate
0: Treasure Map. Well, so she is basing her uh, plan on the Real Estate Treasure Map because I yes. read this. And so the Real Estate Treasure Map, by the way, for those, we always have to remember, there's a lot of new listeners. this time of year, Especially. Yep. If you guys don't have your Real Estate Treasure Map, it is free for you to download. It is your business and life plan. It is It is absolutely the foundational um, element of everything on our podcast. It's a key element in our uh, best-selling book, Harris Rules, and certainly it's the first thing we ask all of you guys to do when you become coaching clients is complete your real estate treasure map. It is free for all of you. Just text the word Harris, our last name, Harris, to 47372, and we'll text you back a link to download it. Remember, message and data rates may apply.
1: Yes. So Julie goes on to say, "I created a binder with the things that you and Tim talk about. Three things that create success and wealth. Number one, your willingness to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Number two, embrace the fact that repetitious boredom pays off. And number three, know your early warning
0: signs." Boy, she is all a Har- podcast. She, right? is, she is a Harris coaching client. You can yes, tell. Yes,
1: and and goes to the daily premier coaching sessions. I transcribed that, and I also recorded it. I read and listened to that on the plane taking off analogy every day. I practice my scripts every day. I make lead generating calls every day. Expired and for sale by owners right now. First couple of days, it was just 15 minutes. I hope you guys listening are list, are paying attention to this. The first couple of days was just 15 minutes. I was literally nauseous. <laughs> Even though I've got a lot of sales experience and I'm very good on the phone connecting with people, I still had massive fear, but I know it's all an illusion and I did it anyway.
0: It I, is an all illusion. That's right. There, it's all let's made give, up. Quick coaching. There's two types of fear. There's psychological fear and there's real fear. Real fear is what your husband experienced when he was in the military or the Navy SEAL that's training him experienced when he was in the military. The psychological fear and the real fear manifest the same way, have the same triggers inside your body, same chemical reactions. So when you're thinking about doing something that makes you feel fear, for example, picking up the phone and calling a FISBO, you're getting the exact same physiological reaction as if, for example, you were in combat. You guys get it? So what you have to realize is one will actually kill you, being in combat, Indeed. and the other will not. And so <laughs> once you separate that and you then say, okay, my circadian brain is mm-hmm. telling me to feel this massive wave of panic, I'm going to choose not to react to that massive wave of panic because I realize, as Julie just said correctly, the Julie, actually email Julie, Julie. <laughs> uh, email Julie and, and my wife, Julie, just said correctly, it is fake fear.
1: That's right. So, Julie goes on to say, then I went to 30 minutes and now I'm at 45 minutes plus making my follow up calls. I listen to your podcast every day, I go to the Facebook live coaching every day, and watch the replays if I can't be there live.
0: So, Unless, Jul- yes. Julie, a suggestion, Julie, the emailer, a suggestion for you would be to uh, don't track time anymore until get into the habit mm-hmm. because what's going to happen is you're just going to run down the clock. You're tracking the wrong thing. Start tracking, not even, con- not even, exactly. Don't even worry about, you know, some people are going to tell you dials and contacts. Yeah. All that stuff is just goofiness. Track uh, the actual appointments you set. So if you're really, Julie, when you're ready, which sounds like you are now, to go to the next level, you have to stay on the phone until you set one pre-qualified listing appointment. So I'm going to tell you guys a true story. Julie and I, my wife, Julie, and I, this was probably, this was in 2006, we were – we had been coaching at that point for a long period of time. Julie got her real estate license again, and there the market was starting to change. And we wanted to make sure we still had our edge and the ability to set appointments. Yep. And this is the straight-up truth. So we took a week off from coaching, and we prospected. And we had not prospected at that point consistently for probably – I mean, five or six years. Yeah, I
1: think that's right? right.
0: And so we started prospecting again. And in one week, and I'm not making this up, and I think it's hilarious to say this. And one week just from prospecting. And we had not, again, done this for a long period of time. And this was in 2006. We made it over $100,000. Um, and Julie, this is the funny part, Julie, my wife, was the uh, top producing agent in her office. I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> for listings taken. After and all week. we did was call expires. But here, right. here's the, here's how we kept ourselves motivated. Julie and I were had an agreement that we are going to compete every day to see who set the first pre-qualified listing appointment. So it wasn't contacts, it wasn't dials, it wasn't lead follow-up, it wasn't nothing. It was an actual pre-qualified listing appointment and whoever won that particular day won and the other person had to make dinner that night.
1: That's right, keeping yep. it fun, right? And it totally worked. I know. So Julie's results, you might ask yourself from doing this. She writes, my fear of the phone is fading. I never in a million years thought I could make calls for more than five days in a row. But 15? (laughs) And on Sundays? Never. Oh, the stories we tell ourselves. My mind is so much clearer now.
0: Hey, Julie, Saturday morning is the key time to prospect, too, by the way. Proactively lead generate. We can't say prospect because it gives people hives. gives them the willies. So proactively lead generate on Saturday morning because everybody's home. And also proactively regenerate whenever the change of the month falls on the weekend or a holiday, because everyone's going to be home. They don't know their listing expired, and the other agents are not uh, working. They're taking the time off. Work when other agents aren't working. Do what other people aren't willing to do, and you'll have a life that they can't even they could, can't even imagine having.
1: That's right. And by the way, Julie has also become media-free and writes, no more anxiety about what's happening in the world. I know that if it's important, I'll find out.
0: 100%.
1: I'm way more focused and disciplined. I've gotten three hot leads and one listing appointment. I'm not hanging on to people I can't get in touch with and calling and calling and calling. Nope. I was always this crazy lead hoarder, but not anymore. I'm getting in the groove of calling and using my pre-listing package I've been going to BART at noon, and the world did not come to an end. Next, I will be changing it to 4.30 classes so I can listen in to more of the coaching calls.
0: But Julie said yes. this other thing that was really important. She's not trying to build a big, deep well of leads that she's dripping on. Lead hoarders. I mean, lead. I like lead hoarding, right? That is stupid because long-term lead follow-up has been proven countless times to not work despite all the billions of dollars that agents spend every year on systems to and long-term dripping. lead follow-up. You just heard Julie in her email say very clearly, she knows that when she gets them on the phone, they're either going to set an appointment or in the, now or they're into in the near future, and she's not going to start hoarding them and hoping and praying that they're gonna grow in, into something else, because that creates a false sense of security and causes you to, to be lazy and complacent about really learning how to set pre-qualified listing appointments. That is the bottom line truth.
1: It is indeed, and we'll close by this last paragraph where she writes, there's so much that's improved, and I'd love to share it, but I'd be here forever. Just wanted to let you know that even though I've been behind the scenes quietly doing my thing, that's how I roll, you've truly made a difference. I know that it's me doing the work, but there's something special about you guys that I trust you and what you're telling me. Granted, it's taken me a while, but I'm all i am all in now, and that's what matters. Thanks again, Julie. I'll send another update in a couple of weeks. This is happening, she says.
0: Hey, Julie, the key Shout here, the, remember the plane taking off analogy, Julie, you know what I'm talking about. So the plane taking off analogy, you've got to acknowledge where you are. You barely cleared the runway. So you've got to keep the throttle down. This is where you're going to have to put in the most work. You're you you know, you're sitting and you're the pilot. The plane is rocking and rolling, shaking, and you can hear the things the dishes clamoring around. And you know the passengers are holding on to their seat, the whole thing, right? you got to keep the throttle down. Otherwise, you're going to have to circle back and you're going to have mm-hmm. to go back to the runway and do it all over again. So keep the throttle down until you're at cruising altitude. Cruising altitude, Julie – Is the number of listings you must have at all times to meet or exceed your financial expectations based on what you completed in the real estate treasure map? That might be five, that might be 10, that might be 50, whatever the number was. You work your ass off until you get that number of listings. Yes, of course, they'll sell along the way, thank God, right? right. But that's how you create consistent cash flow. If you have 10 listings at all times in every market in the United States, let's say three or four of them are in the process of coming active for sale. And you're going to have probably another three or four that are always in contract, a couple that are about to go into contract. That's how you create consistent cash flow.
1: That's cruising altitude. And, and,
0: your, and your life then becomes correct. And then your life becomes about replacing the listings that sell. So you are never done in this business. You always have to be prospecting for more listings, which, by the way, is true for every single business. There's never a point of being done in any single business, ever. You're always going to have to generate new business. You know, there's, you, know you can create... Passive income with eXp royalty through revenue share, right? Mm -hmm. That's something we talk about. Passive income, eXp revenue share, while I finally, you know, decoded the Coder Ring, or I can buy a bunch of rental properties, the same thing. And I don't have to work. Or wrong, you are, because if you stop recruiting agents, you're not going to have. You're essentially not going to qualify for revenue share. If you stop taking care of your rental properties or managing your property managers, in our case, then you're not going to have very good profitable rental properties, and you'll find your cash flow sucks. You are never done. You are always going to have to uh, be making sure that you're staying at cruising altitude, and that's in all aspects of your aspects of your life. For example, your bar class.
1: That's true. And, you know, it's funny. You and I went to a little art talk, uh, what was it, last week. And uh, it wasn't that many people. It was interesting stuff here, you know, in the neighborhood. And this particular artist had been featured all over the world, had installations in, you know, museums and industrial places. And... We went
0: for the free wine, just for the record. Yeah,
1: you know, it was something to do. <laughs> kidding. Okay? But you and I looked at each other and you said something that was funny. You said, oh, I get it. This is a sales pitch. Yeah. For those of you who are fantasizing about just doing your art all day and following your passion, well, this guy still was doing this art talk. Yes, it was all about his art and look at what he's doing and all of these different things that he can talk about. But he was there to get new clients.
0: Yeah, it was funny, actually. So
1: just for example. Yeah,
0: all these uh, hoi Floy types, you know.
1: Art collectors. And all whatever. their
0: fancy this and their fancy the other things. And Julie and I uh, didn't get a seat. We were standing in the back. And I was just watching this. He was German, wasn't he? Yeah. He was this German guy, and his his art was beautiful, and it was kinetic art, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And but it was hilarious. But this whole thing of his, you know, oh, you're going to go to this private, invitation only thing where the artist is going to talk about how his, his whole you know his aesthetic process to become yeah. an artist. Oh, it's all great. All, it you was know, absolutely. Were, but it was fascinating because he was selling. That's
1: right. So lest you all forget. But not
0: like and this one is only thirty nine thousand, and this one is only no, thirty nine dollars. It was he was trying to get you interested in what he was selling, but the whole thing was just fascinating. But that's that's life, guys. And
1: by the way, he had his equivalent of a PLP laid out on the table. He so did. he was definitely promoting himself. Was, it, nothing wrong with it. It was, it was that. a well done
0: flyer. It totally was. <laughs> a, a threefold brochure. Indeed. All right. So the topic we're talking about today is are you ready? Of course you are. How to take three listings now. And that is this is going to be the best part of this is that nothing that we're going to tell you requires a referral fee. Does not require buying leads. Does not require – it does require work. Does require you doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Does require, you know, doing the real work of real estate. Does not require making a bunch of dumb TikTok videos. Nope. Does not require you, uh, you know, trying to be a social influencer. This is the real work of real estate. First of all, we need to clear the air about something. And just this morning when, you know, Julie and I were in the gym – we ran into someone, frankly, who should have known better, mm-hmm. who was arguing that the real estate market is a big bubble. Now, That's this right. is by, should have known better is because he's very smart in other businesses, but not real estate. And he thought, well, this time is just like last time. No, sir, it is not. It is and not. and so Julie and I, Julie mostly, took the time to write down some very salient points. Now, we're going to not vamp on these too much because it's mostly for you guys to feel more, I think, educated. Sang- well, educated, but also sanguine, knowing that you're not going to be selling somebody into something that's going to turn into a grenade to the pin pole down the road. That's
1: it, which is what a lot of you fear, and we respect that and we understand that. And, you know, the conversation in the gym this morning is – Representative, we probably have two or three of those experiences a week. And we're coaching all the time, we're podcasting all the time. You guys are out there in the real estate field. You're going to have these conversations. But you need And some of you are not having these conversations because you live in fear or you yourself are thinking the market's gonna crash.
0: So I think Julie, how many points did you write down with this? This
1: is part one. Today is the education piece and then tomorrow we get into the listing part. Okay. You could tell so. Ju-
0: you could tell Julie's parents were school teachers, can't you? <laughs> okay. All right. So what we're gonna do? I'm, Julie's gonna. I got it. Julie's gonna read to you uh, six points. Now you're not gonna be able to write these points down because a lot of you are like Julie and you're in bar class or whatever <laughs> as you listen to us. Yep. Uh, so we will post these notes and do go and download these notes on our website timandjulieharris.com. We're also gonna post them on iTunes. Um, iTunes is allowing us to put these long-form notes in our show descriptions, which is great. They should be on Spotify. They should be everywhere else. But here's the deal. You cannot download our notes unless you're going to give us a five-star review on iTunes. That's right. Not allowed. (laughs) You will feel terrible Mm -hmm. after listening If you do not give us a five-star review, the guilt will be so overwhelming for not having given us a five-star review on iTunes, you just won't be able to look yourself in the mirror. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So there's there's our little... uh, There's the guilt. Our grandma guilt. All right. (laughs) So remember, here it is. You want to take three listings? We're going to show you how. And these are the things, the head clutter, you need to clear out first.
1: That's right. So education, motivation, getting you into action. Here's the education part. As we have often reminded you, the market is not headed for an apocalyptic crash raining discounted inventory on your town. Here's why. Point number one, demographic demand. According to the National Association of Realtors, 45 million millennials, that's people aged 26 to 35, are ready to make a move this year. Rental payments are outpacing mortgage payments by 7%. Only 5% of rentals are even vacant at all, keeping supply down and payments high. FOMO, that's fear of missing out, is still playing a big role in the desire to purchase, especially before rates inch higher and higher. And there are other demographics, but that is the leading one right now.
0: So let me build a little bit on this because it's important. Yes. Uh, and this is, again, very confusing, but this is important. We talk about, we remind you of this all the time um, because we want you to feel comfortable, again, and confident when you're uh, essentially helping someone purchase a house. Okay, here's the bottom line. Now might be the best time, and obviously last year would have been better, five years even better, but now it will most certainly be the best time in virtually everyone's life to buy a property. Why? Because the inflation is real. The inflation that's entered into the economy is going to, and Julie and I found a new statistic this morning that will blow you away. Let's just tell them year-over-year year increase in prices have Nine, on homes?
1: 19.9% nationwide.
0: Okay. Now, in year-over-year, year, homes have appreciated or inflated – inflated is the real answer – by basically 19%. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you guys to remember, that is you know February to February. Yep. Goldman Sachs predicted that there was going to be an additional 16% inflation of homes uh, this year. There already has been, based on some numbers come out, that are coming out – 15% appreciation. So Goldman Sachs was maybe um, underestimating the amount of appreciation. But here, anyway way you slice into your dice- Prices in. are
1: going up. Prices
0: are going up. So if you'd purchased a home this time last year uh, to the end of 2022, you could be looking very much at having a house that went up in value by 25 or 30% or more. Now here's the thing that's really mind-boggling. Let's say you locked in one of these, like they're talking, people are all fearful of rates going up and rates going up will knock out marginal boughters. True. But the whole rate going up you know, uh, conversation, rates are projected to go up by maybe a point. And a lot of the rate increases have already basically settled into mortgage rates. It does not matter, even if rates go up another point, because here's why. If you purchase the average sale price home in the United States is approaching a half million dollars, If you purchase a half-million-dollar house right now and you put down, say, 50 grand or whatever your down payment is, Julie heard something, the average first-time buyer is putting down an average of 30 grand, right? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's that work out to be five percent in essence. Right. So they're putting down whatever they're putting down. Let's use five percent as the sure. example. So they have a mortgage balance of, you know, say two or four hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Yep. I'm going to guess the all in payment on that with interest rates. I already
1: calculated it. Okay. Yep. So and I did do this. This is research for next week's show. But uh let's see, I did use the average for the for the nation and I used those numbers. The difference between like today's rate I think is like three point four percent if it were to go to 4.4, 4.5 the difference on a purchase price at that level is about three hundred dollars.
0: Okay, per month. Per month, it goes here. from
1: like uh, eighteen hundred to twenty one hundred. Is the difference? It's
0: not nothing, but it's not. But it's not
1: gajillions either.
0: Exactly, and if three hundred dollars will take some lower end marginal buyers out for sure. But that's always been the case. Not everyone's meant to own a home because if $300 is the difference between you buying a house and not buying a house. You shouldn't be buying a house. Because how are you going to pay for the furnace when it you know went kaput? How are you going to pay for the roof leak if you know, you're that, essentially, you're that on the edge financially? Right. That's right. It's just not the right time for you to buy a house. There might be a time better in the future. Or you buy a house in a different community. Those are types of things that, mm-hmm. you know, financial. But so here's the moral of the story. This To rent a house, I think we, we ran across statistics on this as well. Mm-hmm. The average half-million-dollar value home now is renting for significantly more than it would cost if you did the mortgage That's that right. Julie In just most described. Markets- Three thousand to thirty five hundred in the house. Uh, I'm getting a guess, basically about five hundred thousand. Uh, like, right, five hundred thousand is going to cost you thirty five hundred dollars a month to rent. But if, to rent, but if you were do a mortgage on it, it would probably cost you eight hundred to a thousand less. If,
1: yes, that's correct.
0: All right, now here's the nice thing: you, you're going to get, and all your buyers are going to get, long-term fixed-rate mortgages at say four percent. Mm-hmm. If inflation, remember we just told you, and we are being conservative, has caused real estate to go up by, say, 20% just this year alone. Let's say 15%. It doesn't really matter. What's your total carrying cost on that $500,000 house? Well, you will have had, let's say, $30,000 in house payments and maintenance yep. and upkeep. But the house itself has appreciated by $65,000 or $70,000. That is going to be the biggest financial win over the coming generations that those folks that you're helping to buy a house might ever have purchasing a house. Now, when everyone's saying there's a boom, houses are all time higher. Okay. Don't compare this time to last time. This time we have massive double digit inflation.
1: Yeah. And here's another thing that you guys don't always look at the math, right? So yes, prices are high and going higher. That is true. However, let's say that they go up even 15%, 15% of a higher number, is more money than say prices didn't do that. And we're talking about $150,000 average sale price that goes up by 15%. Who cares? Right. And a
0: year from now that payment of $2,500 or whatever it is, let alone five years from now is going to seem like the biggest bargain ever. And if they keep that house and they sell it, they're going to cash flow it. And never forget, unless you're homeless, you're going to have a house payment. There's no such thing as a paid off house. Because you're going to have property taxes. You're going to have other things. So wherever you live, as long as you're alive, and we could even argue that you're even having to, you know, when you plot, you're still having to pay an expense to be You're plotted. still in real estate, man. You're still in real <laughs> estate. No, you're literally in the game. Yeah. But anyway, the moral of the story is macabre humor aside, forgive us. We still think it's funny. But the fact is, is that uh, you will always have a housing expense. And right now with interest rates, despite the fact that prices are escalating so high, is going to possibly be the last best time for most people to buy a house in their lifetimes. And that's something that is mind boggling, but true. And again, I'm going to go back to it. Inflation. People are just starting to understand how that actually feels. We've been talking about it endlessly for the last two years on this podcast we had peter schiff on this podcast talking about it now you guys are starting to feel it aren't you your grocery bills are going up other expenses are going to go up you can make it so your house payment doesn't go up all the while all the other things go up
1: is not that awesome it is awesome it's amazing it is but here's the thing you guys who are listening need to be able to have that same conversation with your prospects and your clients Not, yeah, I know prices are going up. Maybe the market will crash. No, that is not what we're talking about.
0: And on our next podcast, we are going to be giving you scripts, actual scripts, on what to say to the folks that are saying to you, I would sell if I could find a house to buy. We're going to tell you what to say and how to say it. Very
1: specific on that. Okay. Point number two builders can't keep up. Now, it is true that housing starts have gone way up since COVID began. But the cost of materials has tripled for lumber, increased 22 percent for steel. Many manufacturers are still behind on shipping critical components, from toilets to refrigerators. The creation and delivery of these items is still behind. So even though the builders want to build more, they're being stymied by this.
0: Well, we just had one of our properties restained. Of all things, it's, <laughs> it's a wood house. It's expensive, man. And it, the, the, it was not even a big house. And it was what 17 grand, um,
1: almost 18,
0: yeah. And last mm-hmm. year when we got the estimate originally, it was like 12. Well, what's and we actually saw it was a cost plus deal, so we get the receipt. Everything had gotten more expensive. Bleach was more expensive. (laughs) Everything. It was nuts.
1: Yes. So where it was okay. So even paint was hard to get nationwide. The average cost to build a house is up twenty four percent, twenty four thousand on average. So yes, you can go to new construction, but builders aren't keeping up at the level they need to.
0: So and and that's another reason why you're seeing uh, the resale homes are typically in any market. New construction is going to be more desirable than resale Mm -hmm. for all the normal reasons. Everything's new. But what's happening is now the builders can't keep up, the expenses are rising, interest rates are going to rise. The builders are actually going to increase prices because the uh, more well off buyers are going to have more elasticity in what they can afford. They're not going to be knocked out by interest rates going up another point, thus increasing the average sale price. So if new construction in your market right now is on par with what resale is, but new construction now goes up by 50 or 75 grand, which it will or more, Mm -hmm. resale is going to go up as well.
1: That's right. Okay, so remember, these are all of your talking points why the market is not going to come to a screeching halt. These are all the motivations that keep it going. Point number three, institutional investors are gobbling up anything under $300,000 and almost always paying cash. In Phoenix, for example, fully 30% of recent sales have gone to investors, either iBuyers or small investors. Flippers are also buying in these price ranges. I read a report from NAR this morning that said one in five closings in the past 90 days have gone to investors. Is that
0: a real, Is that like, a, like today's statistic?
1: Yes. Wow, that's mind boggling. Yep. OK, so point number four. The coronavirus pandemic is a short-term component st- uh, stacked upon the long-term trend that we discussed in the previous three points. People want more space, more privacy, and now they have the freedom to move markets due to flexible work environments. Again, another factor keeping the housing market hot. Point number five. Low interest rates continue to add fuel to the fire. Today's rate, literally today, is 3.4% for a 30-year fixed, which is still extremely low. When I wrote that point, I was thinking about all of these buyers that are especially their first house. If you can lock that in at 3.4%, let's say you're going to move up. You're way more likely to become an investor and keep that house because why would you give up a 3.4% low Amen. And rate.
0: This is something else that I was Wright? having a conversation with the guy at the gym this morning, because yep. we're kind of circling the wagons here on, on a, a finer point. There will not be any uh, housing crash. There will, because people will need to st- have a place to stay. They'll need a place to live. And what's going to happen, even if uh, inflation or the inflation of prices or the appreciation of prices levels off to single digit on homes, there's, the homes that they have, the payment they're making on the home will still be greater or I'm sorry, will still be less than the equivalent rent. And the other That's thing true. to take into consideration is the amount of equity in people's houses. Real estate would have to appreciate or depreciate so much so fast. For people yeah. to be equal with what they owe on their mortgages, it's just not going to happen.
1: The average homeowning American has $180,000 worth of equity in their house. That's
0: the average. And that's now in February of 2022. Can't wait till next month. Wait right? till next year, right? You guys get the point of this? So stop looking for a crash. There is no housing crash. There will be little pockets of foreclosures and little pockets of distressed real estate. Well, sure. And we talked about that before in our podcast. But on a whole, you guys are smart. Getting a real estate license was the smartest thing you ever did. Because unlike virtually all of your friends and families whose incomes won't keep up with inflation, you know, incomes always trail inflation and that's what you're going to start seeing people are going to get pissed because they see the prices rise politicians are going to rise are going to blame the greedy retailers and the greedy producers for trying to take advantage in rising prices that is BS the only reason that any company raises prices is because they have to to keep their margins they're paying more they're paying more they have to raise prices the last thing any business wants to do is raise prices because it puts them in a competitive disadvantage in the market marketplace. So when they start trying to, and they did this back in the 70s too, they start trying to blame the producers for the rising prices, opposed to taking the blame themselves for really crappy, essentially the Fed and printing of money and really taking any sort of governmental responsibility for what actually is going to shock a lot of people. Because that is really what we're, we're going to come up against. You're going to see people for the first time in their lives, feeling a little bit at start financially on edge, and then a lot financially on edge. They're not going to be able to buy what they've been used to buy. They're going to start living. The, the one thing you never want to have it are people feeling fear of and, and people feeling hungry. If they feel fear and they feel any resemblance of hungry, I grew, up, I grew up in both of those scenarios for at least half my childhood. So trust me when I tell you, it causes people to uh, act in ways they wouldn't have otherwise acted. That's just the reality of it. So what we're entering into is going to be a new experience for many people with regards to inflation but you are in the perfect position because your pay is increasing with the average sale price. You are going to see your average sale price go up substantially and your commission is going to go up with it. Mm -hmm. So you are in a blessed position. So congratulations on getting a real estate license. That's
1: right. So point number five was all about you stop living in fear of rates going up 3.4 to 4.4 is not the end of the world. And I, I wrote this other little mini point in the highest uh, rate it's ever been is 1981 which was over 18 percent your mom at dinner the other night was was we were talking about the house that she bought when she had her real estate license Yeah, it's century 21 <laughs> that's right and she she said do you know that we paid 17.8 percent interest rate that was
0: in and 78
1: that's right and I, my parents bought their house in 78 as well and i think they were right up there close to 18 percent. point being guess what people still bought houses. They still closed.
0: So let's talk about this. Why won't interest rates go up like they did before or even like they did um, in the uh, late 70s, early 80s? Here's why. Because if interest rates go up and you guys can check me on this, I'm happy to, you know, listen to you guys should listen to Peter Schiff's podcast. Mm -hmm. He'll educate you as well. And there's a lot of other people having this very same conversation. So it's not just some sort of fringe economic theory. It's fact. If interest rates go up, the amount of interest that the Fed's going to have to pay on the debt is also going to go up. It's, un, it's untenable. The government will not, cannot allow interest rates to increase um, in a meaningful way like they did before to, to reel in inflation because the debt payments are... The amount of money it'll have to pay in interest payments to all the debt that the government per- currently has, we, the people, currently have, which is close to $30 trillion, will be unsustainable. So they're going to say, we know how to slow inflation down. You put less money in circulation, you make it less attractive for people to spend money. You can raise taxes, you can raise interest rates, you can do all kinds of things. Make it so people are spending less money. Make it so there's less demand. Mm-hmm. But they can't because if they use the traditional tools, which is rising interest rate, raising interest rates, They are going to screw the ability for them to make the interest payments now what will that create for investors i'm going to just foreshadow some interesting phenomena that i think we're going to be experiencing we're going to probably within 24 months start seeing the banks offering six seven eight nine percent cds we're going to start seeing potentially you're going to start uh, being able to buy long-term like government t-bills and stuff that are, are that are going to also pay similar very good returns from investment so if you have the cash you're going to be actually be able to invest in relatively safe, if not as safe as you possibly can get, long-term investments that are going to pay you enormous rates of return over time, with the you know obviously the uh, compounding effect of the money that you're making. So keep your eyes open. It's not all bad news. If you have money and the ability to invest because you're listening to Julie now, you're becoming a listing agent, you're actually making money in real estate, you're gonna see see opportunities that other people aren't gonna be able to take advantage of. Remember what we said, we say this all the time, the greatest fortunes in the history of history have always been made during the greatest times of change. We are in one of those now.
1: That's right. Last point for today, number six, record rates of savings. Now this is a different point than talking about home equity actual savings in the U.S. and a huge number of all cash transactions. Baby boomers have on average $152,000 saved. Generation X, that's us, there's like three of us, 66,000 and millennials 23,000. Stimulus money has accounted for 15 percent of first-time buyers down payment money, but Americans currently have saved more than any other time in history of a combined 2.7 trillion dollars. Why is this point playing into our real estate discussion? because you've got to stop saying this time was just like last time. It is not in any way like last time. In order for there to be a bunch of short sales and foreclosures, people have to not have money, not have jobs, not have equity, not have rising prices. Okay. So these are talking points for you to adopt and adapt. You may want to listen to this podcast more than once so that you can get it into your
0: conversation tools. But there's another finer point here too, why it won't be like last time. Mm -hmm. We have been told By people that were heavily involved in uh, distressed real estate, as we were in our coaching company and our personal investments, Mm -hmm. we have been told straight up that the government has made it incredibly clear. Because remember, the government basically controls the mortgage industry; that they will not allow the servicers—that's the person you make your you make your payment to every month—to essentially do foreclosures in the way that maybe their servicing agreements have uh, indicated that they would. So you're going to, and you did see this back in seven, eight, and nine. You're gonna see all kinds of creative uh, you know, help help the homeowner type program. Well, we
1: already had it with the virus,
0: right? If right, exactly. I mean, I mean there's your proof. we told you guys how to do this two years ago. The government made it so that you could actually skip a payment on your house for twelve months, have the unpaid balance tacked on the end of your loan. You don't have to it's not like you had to pay it back when you With when you, no hit to your credit. But no, didn't go you didn't have exactly. It was essentially Having no mortgage payment for twelve months.
1: It was an instant loan mod on the spot with I think there was one form involved. We showed you guys how to do it. Most of our listeners remember those times, but I bring that up because that's proof that this is not going to be like you know, when the crash, the housing crash, there won't be one because there's no impetus for it and and because we all have lived through that, and there are different tools than there used to be. Back then, in two thousand and seven and eight, Nobody knew it had never happened before. Banks didn't know what to do.
0: We where Julie and I were back then. We went from coaching, just essentially, you know, in a great seller's market. And then all of a sudden, I remember in 2006, we started seeing. we had coaching clients all over the United States. We started seeing inventory build up in markets where typically there was no inventory. And then we saw it sell off. We saw this wave happen, this back and forth happen three Mm -hmm. times. And the last time, I remember San Diego, I remember Las Vegas, I remember Miami, I remember uh, Manhattan, Phoenix, right. The inventory built up and it didn't sell off. And then New Century, a subprime mortgage company, if you guys have been in the business for as long as we have, you'll remember, in Irvine, California, failed. And as soon as that happened, then all the dominoes started falling. I remember I was on a coaching call with a client, Mark Sandro, who we're still great friends with, and he had a whole bunch of pendings that all blew out and yep. he did not know that all of them were subprime. He was flipping them to this lender you know, And the lender was putting them all on subprime loans. The lender was evidently using New Century. New Century went out of business. All those deals fell out of contract, and the dominoes started to fall all over the country. That is not going to happen now.
1: And also, by the way, listeners, those types of loans are, by and large, not happening today. Right. Not much. It's a micro-percentage. And it was most of the market back then. You know, you're you're not going to roll into like Bank of America with a 500 credit score and no down payment and a no income verification we, loan and get approved today. The
0: only real um, adjustable rate mortgages mm-hmm. that you see. Are going to be on real, are on um, portfolio loans that are done on upper end real estate, non-conforming loans. Yes. Jumbo, super jumbo. But even those
1: have real down payments
0: involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But they don't. Those are going to be the ones where you're going to see interest only for 24 months or whatever. But in the meat and potato normal price ranges, there are no loans like that. No. Not really. Uh, no. Or at least nobody's you know dumb enough to do them. Frankly, if you can lock in a 30-year interest rate. 30-year low interest rate mortgage right now. You are absolutely crazy not to do it. And its I'll tell you, it's frustrating for Julie and I too because we've lived our life by um, having no debt. And I know, oh, some of you, oh, you debts, blah, blah, blah. I know, we've had these conversations forever. We don't care. We just don't like the effort of having to put a stamp on an envelope. <laughs> it's too much work. So we have always had the belief that we should have no debt. And so we have a lot of rental properties with no debt. But right now, I have to tell you that if you have the option of paying off your house, or you have the option of basically having a given the scenarios of what's happening with inflation and interest rates, you should definitely have a mortgage on the house because the inflation is going to pay, make the payment savers right now are the ones that are getting screwed because the money that you have in the bank is actually losing. It's it's losing its purchasing power. This is a a different time than any of us have ever experienced before, but this is the reason that again, think about this act counterintuitively, People are going to enter in states of fear. When people are fearful, they don't know what to do. When people don't know what to do, they listen to people who do know what to do. That's going to be you because you're going to have listened to this podcast.
1: That's right. Now, tomorrow, we're going to drill down on what all of you are dealing with who are talking to people on any level at all about real estate. And that is, what is the script? How do you handle Well, that's great, I'd love to cash out of my house. You know, thanks for the comparative market analysis that you offered me, I can't believe it's worth that. But where am I gonna move to? We know you're dealing with that. We're giving you a script to use with three very particular categories of people to talk to so you can take three listings immediately. But you've gotta stop living in fear of, well, what am I gonna sell them? I don't wanna talk to anybody who's a buyer with a house to sell. What am I gonna do about that? So we're going to give you those particular talking points so that you can enthusiastically talk to your past clients, your center of influence, et cetera. And I'll leave you with with a quick story from a coaching client, you'll remember this, who uh, the impetus to her starting to call her database was that she lost a listing that she thought was going to come back in the spring market, right? Took it off, uh, couldn't get the desired price at the time. It was basically an expired. Another agent takes it, sells it immediately for significantly more than it expired for. Remember yesterday's conversation about these things, right? Okay, so that made her angry to the point where she decided to actually pick up the phone and talk to her database. Okay, living in fear of the conversation, well, I would sell, but where am I going to go to? She offered a free comparative market analysis, presented it. That seller could not believe that their house was worth that. She said, well, you know, know, when I sell it, I know I can sell it in this market. I know I can get you that price, maybe even some more. Well, where are you going to go? It's like you're afraid to ask it, where are you going to go? And you know what that seller said? You get me that price, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Hell yeah. So don't assume this that Austin, you're thinking right? you know. Austin, Austin, Texas, yes. yeah, I remember this story. Just don't assume that your job is to think for them.
0: She thought the lady didn't believe wasn't it three million dollars?
1: Oh this one was eleven.
0: Yeah, eleven million dollars, right. Yeah. And she didn't know her house was worth eleven million dollars. No,
1: because it expired at like eight.
0: Yeah. And so the gal was saying, I can get you eleven million, she got her eleven million. Did she sell it for more than eleven or eleven?
1: I think she sold for between 11 and 12.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, talk
1: about a happy expirer. Right. I'm sorry, this was somebody from past client. But that's that's the thing. When we tell you, call those expirers, Anybody that expired even 90 days ago is going to be able to Last
0: year this time, listen to last year's, uh, listen to yesterday's podcast. But guys, the bottom line is our job is to educate you, to do our best job motivating you. But now it's your job to get into action. The education and the motivation doesn't mean bunk if you're not going to take the action. The action is really all that matters. Listen to the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Join us at eXp Realty. Become a coaching client. These are all things you can do. But what you must do is you must go out there and help people. Your job as a real estate practitioner is a professional helper. That's what you are. You help solve people's problems. And the problem that these folks have is buying and selling real estate. We prefer you focus on the sellers. That's what we teach you how to do in our premier coaching program. So today's podcast is sponsored by Premier Coaching. That's right. And many of you guys are ready to join Premier Coaching. And we've made it easy for you. Just text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. And you can hop over to our website and you can be on a, co- a semi private coaching call with one of our coaches, maybe today, depending on what time you join, or certainly tomorrow. And just text the word PREMIER to 47372. And remember, a message and data rates may apply. Now, what's your homework? Go over to iTunes give us a five-star review. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.